Greetings, Trailblazers, and welcome to another episode of Meta Moves, the only podcast dedicated to teaching you how to build your brand and grow your business in the metaverse. Because we all know that getting ahead of Web3 technology now means major success later. So grab your notebook and your pen, and let's get into today's episode. All right, good people, what's happening? Back with another episode. Y'all, when I tell you I first heard about this man, I was scrolling on his Instagram, and I said, you know what? I don't know who this is, but this is somebody really important that I need to know. And so I took the leap of faith, slid in his DMs, and said, look, I need you on my show. He said, absolutely. I found out we were fam. He said, definitely. And so <laughs> now here we are. I'm super excited to you all to announce my guest today, Dr. Clips. He is a startup founder, a tech founder, a pioneer in the metaverse NFT space and so many other things. And so I'm so excited to have him on my show today and interview him. We're going to talk about his story. We're going to talk about why he thinks NFTs, metaverse and all things really are the next wave and it's here to stay. Um, and we're also going to get into some really fun questions so that you can learn more about this, day, this space. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to my show, Dr. Clips. Dr. Clips, what's up? Hello. What's up? What's welcome. up? What's up? Yes. Thank you for having me on here, though. Definitely thank you for, for taking your time out to, to get me on the show so we could talk about some of this, you know, metaverse hoopla that's been going on. Listen, we, we got to empower the people. And I think that's what this is about, right? It's really about saying, hey, we have this knowledge. We have this understanding. But how do we be able to get this to other people so that they can be able to have the understanding as well, too? So let's do this. Let's reverse the story. Let's talk about <laughs> you. How okay. did you even get here? How did you get into this space? Go back like a decade for me were you always a techie were you always into this okay. like yeah talk so to me. so okay so my history I would say is more like visual artist slash like tech kind of connoisseur if you if you will so my grandmother she always had this Windows 90 it was like a Windows 96 computer back in the day we used to play on and I used to get on there and do like um Windows Movie Maker Paint, Microsoft Paint, you know, all that type of stuff before the internet pretty much emerged, you know, uh, came about. So once things got into, once I got into school, I got into a talented visual arts program. So I was, you know, doing paintings, like sculpting, like all that type of stuff since like third grade. So from third grade to 12th grade, I was in like a talented visual arts um, program in New Orleans. But I also used to be like heavily in the computers. Like I said, my grandmother used to have the, the windows and we would pay, play, you know, these different games or use Microsoft Paint or, you know, Movie Maker and just do stuff. So I've always kind of been into the tech and I've always been like a visual person. So after, you know, let's fast forward a little bit. I come home at the college. I graduated from Tuskegee University, a degree in political science. And I kind of still didn't really kick that whole media visual artist type of bug that I had. So understanding what I learned in school, you know, I started realizing the power of propaganda and media, and I saw that it ran parallel to my passion of, you know, visual arts and tech. So I kind of transitioned into being a media journalist, media company founder. I started something called Neutral Grounds, where we do like documentaries, um, or interviews, you know, all that type of stuff. So I've always been into like the media and visual side of things. And the metaverse, I would say, just kind of you know, put everything together for me in a sense to where I can retain my independence, be creative okay. and monetize all in one. So, yeah, yeah. Me starting out literally came from me being a, a tech 
kind of computer nerd. I used to always play around with, you know, the apps and stuff like that. And when things got, you know, more advanced, I just started, you know, diving down the rabbit hole. I mean, you said paint, so you're dating yourself at this point. Like, the fact that you <laughs> said... <laughs> like, anybody who knows about Microsoft Paint, you're a real OG in the internet games. <laughs> nah, I for real, <laughs> Yeah, definitely, though. Yeah, and it, it helped. It helped because a lot of the programs like Photoshop is modeled after paint, you know, and, and right. Adobe Premiere is modeled after Windows Movie Maker. Like, I didn't have to learn Premiere because the tools are fundamentally the same. Yeah, and yeah. my art professors in high school, you know, elementary school, you know, Ms. Villavaso, uh, Ms. TK, all of them really kind of helped manifest and um, helped me redirect my creative energy in the, to what I actually wanted to do. So, yeah, I've done, like, paintings, you know, sculpting. I've done music videos. I've had a big career in music video directing. That's actually where I got the name Dr. Clips from. So, nice. from, like, being a music video director, I just kind of transitioned it. Because one of my line brothers actually gave me the name, but I transitioned it into, you know, just uh, teaching you with videos in a sense. Got you. Okay. So you have an extensive background. I think what you're showing us and teaching us, uh, no point intended though, is that you've been doing this. You've been in the game. Like you, <laughs> you, you don't got wet feet in this thing. Like you really are a pioneer, but more important, a vet in the tech space. Mm-hmm. And we love to see it, right? So, okay. So fast forward me, right? Mm-hmm. How, tell me the moment so that we can get really deep and nitty gritty into this today. Tell me the moment where you realize the metaverse is what it is. Or actually, let me ask you this. What came, which came first? Was it metaverse aha moment or was it NFT aha moment? That's a good question. That's a super good question. So my first aha moment was it was metaverse related. It wasn't NFTs. And I've actually, so there was a hurricane in New Orleans like two years ago and it was the day before the hurricane hit, I had bought an Oculus and the the Oculus, I I copied Mm -hmm. probably like two weeks after it first came out. You feel me? And that was like in 2020. And when I got it, I started, you know, just messing with it because I literally was just like, okay, it's raining outside. Our power's out. You know, I have this this VR headset. So we just started messing with the VR headset until the power came back on. And from that point, I've just kind of got down that rabbit hole of this is the future. You know, like you you do it, you you get the immersiveness, you you start dabbling into these different platforms. I actually had got accepted into Facebook Horizons early beta. Mm-hmm. So in 2020, I was actually in the Facebook metaverse, like years before they even announced the meta. I, I went to like a Kid Cudi concert inside of there. I went to like a big, yeah, a big Frida concert, you know, I'm from New Orleans. So she performed oh, yeah. in the metaverse. Yeah. And this was like years ago, though. you know, it wasn't until um, I actually stumbled across the mana token, which is the Decentraland's native currency. I stumbled across that at around 11 cents per coin. And I reached out to my business partner, who's actually one of my co-founders with Jamaron, and he was surprised that I didn't know about it already because mm-hmm. of the the use case behind it. So I started doing my research and realized that, you know, MANA is the native currency of Decentraland, kind of like what MANA to Decentraland is what yen is in Japan or what US dollar is in America. It's like the native right. currency of that place. So you go that place, you go there. And you spend that currency to get what you want. So I bought like a lot of it, you know, uh, like probably 6,000 coins. And from that point, it was just me exploring and seeing what I could do with this. So I would go into the central land and I would gamble, to be real with you. I'd take them coins and I'd go play blackjack and roulette inside of the, the metaverse casino. And when I would do that, 
you know, just really testing it out, but losing money, getting money, you know how it is. It's just gambling. Right, right. Like so, the real casino. Yeah, literally like the real casino. And the difference between the metaverse casino is, okay, they're not forcing alcohol down your throat or they're not, there's no distractions of people walking around, you know, beautiful and all that type of stuff. So you can really focus on the game in a sense. You feel me? So I was playing and then there was an event that went down in the casino and that event was by this, this brand called Apes 3D. H3D was a collection of 1,000 voxel apes. I know you probably saw me talk about them occasionally, but there was an event and I actually had won a, a, a little mana that day. So I had a little extra crypto to spend. So I bought my first NFT while playing in the casino because they had an event in the casino that day. I took that NFT and I basically went to TikTok, which I had a, a lot of TikTok following around 20,000 at the time. And I started playing with the, the object in TikTok. So it's an open source 3D asset. So I was able to download the 3D model, put it into an augmented reality software and start making content with it, right? So the content went kind of viral. This one guy, he saw my, my video on TikTok. He went and bought the most expensive asset of that collection at the time, which was $3,000. It was listed for thirty thousand, but he he put up an offer for three thousand, and they accepted it. When they accepted the offer, he put it back on sale for thirty thousand, and two days later, he sold it for thirty thousand. Wow! And that was the biggest sale of that collection. So the the floor price of the collection went like went to the moon. And when I first got when I first bought my asset, there were on, there was only around three Ethereum in trade volume. So around nine thousand dollars at the time was traded in that collection. Now it's around three hundred Ethereum in volume, just off of mm-hmm. the you know the trickle down effect. Because that one dude bought for thirty thousand, and then the floor wow. kind of corrected itself in the middle. And you know I met the guy who was over the program. Um, his name is Ape Father. I don't want to give his real name, but I've never even seen his real face though. Like he's in Russia and all this type of stuff, but he's been my marketing client ever since then. So he reached out to me. Um, we worked out something. He gave me like 14 apes. They were worth like $1,400 at the time a piece. You feel me? Then he put me on payroll, gave me like two Ethereum for three months to do some marketing work. And he just renewed it, you know, in January. And like I said, that's all from playing in a casino. You feel me? So. Wow. Yeah. Let me let me pause you for a second, Doctor Clips, because I, I I don't want this to go over our listeners. <laughs> you just no, you said can't. a whole lot in like ninety seconds, right? Yeah. What unpack this point and let's go step by step, right? Mm-hmm. Just just quickly. One, help people wrap their mind around what the heck Decentraland is, right? right? <laughs> and then help them understand how you're even playing like games. Set the yeah. stage there first of like yeah. what Decentraland is and yeah. then even how they could be having an event in Decentraland. Right, so Decentraland is a, in a sense, a 3D social media platform. If you want to put it in like simple, as much as I can understand terms, um, 3D social media, because you can build games inside of Decentraland. It's not like you go to Decentraland and it's just a universal game. It's more like an open sandbox type of Sims. Think of the Sims with the real economy behind it. So imagine if you could spend real money in the Sims. You know, that's what Decentraland is. And that's typically what this whole metaverse concept is, is a social media platform where you get a better sense of presence because it's not over 2D screens, it's in 3D. You know, so the central land at the moment isn't a virtual reality platform, but they're actually working towards that. But the whole goal of the metaverse is adjacencies, being in, in, in the presence of someone else, and then ownership. 
So when you think of the metaverse or these metaverse platforms, they're literally social media platforms with another layer of immersion and with ownership. And just to unpack that really quick, when I say another layer of immersion, when traditional social media platforms, you have, you're stimulated by your visuals and your, your auditory senses. When you take into virtual reality, when you put that into the account, now you're touching things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that extra layer of immersion, you can see what the internet has done just by appealing the two senses. So now we just added another sense into it. Adding that, as well as the blockchain technology, which gives people ownership, creates a full potential economy. You feel me? So when you think Web3, just think of the internet, a more immersive internet with ownership tied to it. So I love how you're really quickly, just so I can wrap it around for everybody. I love how you're using this example of the Sims because anybody who's a millennial or grew up, whether you played it or not, you understand, you remember yeah. that time frame, right? Yeah. We have Sims, they have the Similines, and you put the little cheat codes in and get all the millions of Similine dollars, mm-hmm. but it can only be spent, right? Inside of the Sims. So yeah. I hope that you all don't miss that. The point of like whether it be the Central Land Sandbox these other virtual reality, right, platforms, or, or what do you call it, virtual reality platforms? Metaverse platforms. And Metaverse yeah, platforms. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of uh, semantics to it. So you got your, your virtual reality, your hardware, you got the metaverse, which is an all-encompassing. Then you got the NFTs, which are the assets. Then you got cryptocurrency, which is the money. So it's, semantics are super important, and like vocabulary is super important because it's so easy to overlap a lot of those things like you will see uh, uh, something that I, I typically see when people refer to metaverse platforms is okay facebook is making their own metaverse um microsoft is making their own metaverse that's 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 bad semantics because the metaverse is a shared digital space and the sum of all virtual shared platforms just like the universe is the shared physical space and the sum of all shared physical platforms you know, and people would say, just because I can't travel from one metaverse platform to the other, that doesn't mean that it's in a, a, a different metaverse. Just because I can't travel to Mars doesn't mean that we're not in the same universe in a sense. You know, so when I think metaverse, I think if the metaverse is like the universe, the apps are like the planets. So the central land is one planet then Facebook horizon is another planet. And, you know, you could travel to these different spots within the all encompassing metaverse. So that was something I wanted to get across too. semantics is important. And a metaverse is literally one thing. Everything inside of it is a metaverse platform or something that's built for that experience in a sense. So good. Let me just repeat that so that they don't miss that. If the metaverse is like the universe, The apps are the planets. That's so good. And it makes it so simple for us to really understand and digest this, right? I know that we have a lot of viewers and this is their first time really experiencing through this platform, Black and Meta, of what the heck this is. So I want you all to write this down, write that down, right? So that you can be able to have a portable understanding of this and also be able to have it where you can share with others. So let's keep going, Dr. Clips. I, I really want to get to, we've got about 30 minutes left here. Um, and yeah, I want to get to the, the concept of even people engaging with this, right? So we've kind of set a baseline of what the metaverse is. Right. Let's shift back over to NFTs, even using your own story, right? right? So you said you had this event, right? Meaning inside of the metaverse, mm-hmm. in the platform, and then you ran across, tell me again, was it, was it yeah. the NFT? Yeah, I'm so, that again and talk about NFTs. Yeah, so I was in the event and in the casino within the Central Land. So I was inside of a casino in the Central Land. 
right? The, the, the casino is called the Central the Central Games. The Central Games is one of the first metaverse businesses that actually hires real employees. So they have a, a whole casino operation inside of the Central Line. So I was inside of the Central Line and I went to the casino. Inside of this casino was an event. And the event was hosted by an NFT collection called H3D. Now, in the Central Land, the events is like the most important aspect of it because this is where communities get together. This is where you sell NFTs, et cetera, et cetera. So while I was in the casino, I actually won some mana. So I had some extra money to spend when I was in there or extra mana to spend because, you know, semantics. And when I had the extra mana to spend, I saw that they had the new project and his assets were $40. So I bought one for, it was like 0.08 ETH or something at the time. And it was like 40 bucks. I bought it just because I liked the way that they look. And I actually have the video on my TikTok when I made it back, back in the day. It was in July. I actually made the video and it's still up. The video that caused, you know, that, that ricochet of sales. So, yeah, the event was going on while I was playing in the casino. So I bought the asset because you can, they link kiosks in the event where you can directly buy NFTs from whoever's throwing the event. So I bought the NFT downloaded the asset which i now own because he gave commercial rights to holders so i was able to use that nft in whichever way i saw fit i downloaded it and i started making content with it my early nft day the reason why i would buy nfts in my early days would be to promote it on my tiktok so i would want to buy projects that have open source augmented reality capabilities so that i can create content around it so that i can get a return and investment from promotion of being this experimental influencer so when I bought it, I put it on my TikTok and this one guy named Cypher, this other random guy that was on my TikTok, he saw the post. And when he saw the post, he went to the collection and he put a bid on the most expensive item in that collection at the time. So there was a, 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 a 83D asset and it was like a king. So it had a crown on it and it was for sale for a 10 Ethereum, which at the time was $30,000. He put a bid on it for one Ethereum, which is $3,000. The person bid on that bid and sold it to him for $3,000, which was one Ethereum at the time. What he did was he put it up for sale for 10 Ethereum right after he bought it and sold it in like three days, right? And when he sold it, everybody who had the assets just started delisting and raising the floor price. So the floor price of the actual collection pretty much skyrocketed. And yeah, and it was a result of literally me buying a $40 asset then putting it on my TikTok, another guy buying it and then flipping it. Not a whole collection is valuable. So the owner reached out to me, you know, and wanted to create something a little more long term. We got cool. You know, it was all organic because I actually liked the project. It wasn't like I was doing something just to do it, just to get recognized. I didn't even really expect it. So, um, yeah, so he did it, put me on his team as a marketer. So I actually wanted to be in the lead marketer from I designed his websites. I actually got some content I'm doing from the day, you know, like literally an ongoing business relationship that has yielded me more than anyone in my real life marketing agency. So I've made more of me your mic is all too. I don't know if you, if you got to mute it, but, um, wow. Yeah. So yeah. You so he, any um, more than in your real life, that's a big statement. Yeah. So in three months, you know, the first contract I had with him in three months was for two Ethereum, which at the time was around eight to like $9,000. You know, and then we renewed it. 
not too long ago and I created an NFT contract that he bought. And now I, if you've seen that, that's who I sold that NFT contract to. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, cause it was, he's in Russia. I, I don't think he's in Russia. I think somewhere, not Russia though. And it was just difficult to handle the currency. So in a sense, I started gambling in the casino. I ran across an event, bought one of the assets, posted about it on my TikTok, which led to the project skyrocketing, which led to me getting a marketing deal with the owner and a long lasting relationship. He's introduced me to so many people that I've worked with. Like Exclusible is a brand that I've got introduced with through him. Exclusible is an NFT luxury marketplace. They we work with like Cartier and like all this other type of stuff to do like luxury NFTs. And it's just so many relationships that came from me just experiencing Decentraland, me going into Decentraland, doing things, engaging, you know, adding value. You know, and that's really the thing, adding value to the community so that they can give back to you. And it's just like a give and take because when I dropped my, my NFT project, and I know you want to segue into that, most of the people who bought my first items were members of the H3D community. Mm. You know, so it's like a whole give wow. and take type of situation. Like a full circle type situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's the beauty of decentralization. The decentralization is literally... You, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You know, is we're we're literally all we have. There isn't a centralized person or authority taking care of us, so we got to take care of each other. Right. I think that's the beauty, though, that I find in all of this is that it is decentralized. There is, like you said, and for those who are listening, decentralized to to Dr. Clips's point, it's there is no one central governor, like how the big apps, the Amazons of the world and all of them, like there is this one big player. Right. It's 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 all decentralized, which means that we all work with each other. There is no person in charge. Um, So let's talk about your NFC project. Right. Because as you're kind of touching on it i would love to kind of segue into you have this experience you get in the metaverse you think that you just playing in the casino stumble <laughs> upon one of the greatest transformative moments in your life right. right that catapults you to this place now when do you have the light bulb moment how does that happen where you say you know what i should just create my own nft project yeah so funny thing so ape father the inventor of the h3d project actually gave me the idea to do that so he he told me that i should do like a consultation token because my tiktok was getting kind of popular at the time and just everyone's asking me questions nft this nft that metaverse this metaverse that so he gave me the idea to come up with a consultation token which evolved into the the school so the reason why it involved into the school was because me consulting people isn't as passive as i would want it to be to drop a, a project with the amount of volume that i wanted to drop so i created the school as a passive way for people to learn without me having to teach so i created the courses i created the website the guy that bought that eight for three thousand and sold it for thirty thousand his name is cypher he want he's actually a solidity smart contract developer. So he's been developing on Ethereum since like 2013. He created the NFT teacher smart contracts. You know, so, you know, so when you look at it, the whole H3D ecosystem kind of in a sense played a role in the emergence of the NFT teacher project. So Ape Father gave me the idea. We transformed it. I got Cypher to do my smart contracts for me. Initially, I was going to do like these 3D ID cards, but I figured that was like kind of boring. So we wanted to do something open source because I saw how I was able to use the apes in other ways than were intended. So I wanted the jackets to have a better use, not a better use case, but a more diverse set of use cases, you know. So instead of just using it in the to get access to the school, give you the wearable so you can wear it in the central land or 
um, make it 3D augmented reality, give you the assets. So if you understand 3D, you can rig it on your own characters, you know, like do whatever. And that's really where the idea came from. You know, Ape Father giving me the idea to start the project and then us figuring out a passive way to scale the whole situation, you know. So that's pretty much how NFT came about. He actually donated us that, donated that piece of land to us as well. So our school mm-hmm. in Decentraland, that plot of land particularly, I didn't even buy it. He just sponsored it to us. So that's you know how, yeah, and you know how much those plots are going. I, I, in a, since then, I've bought my own. I got like two different plots. And, and like probably around the corner from the end of teacher spot. I'll show you around if you want. But yeah, I bought my own two plots, but I'm still sponsored by Ape Street D on their land. And, you know, it's just a way to build the community because when we do our events, people come through, they listen, you know, they walk to the Ape Street D plots, look what's going on in there. It's just all about the adjacencies. And if you were to read, if you were to read the, the Central Land white paper, which is one of the first things that I did was you would see that it's all about the adjacencies, like things that are next to each other, which is all about presence, you know, and Decentraland isn't even mobile or virtual reality compatible yet. So when that happens, it's going to be even more opportunities to, you know, be in, in, in the same place with people, you know, give lectures and stuff like that on campus. So we super early and so much going on. But yeah, the NF Teacher Project came as an idea from H3D. And then my developer came as a result of H3D and, and my starting clients came from each of Yeah, it sounds like this community piece is so big. And again, back to the decentralized, or not, I'm about to say decentralized again, but the fact that it's decentralized, like this whole space is that we're all together. One takeaway I want you all as the listeners to really catch is that this is more than just art. This is more than just one dimensional. I mean, it sounds like even how you're, you're using it for the wearables and you're using it for mm-hmm. leveraging people people to, to whether it be 3D projects or they can use it in the way that they want, right? Mm-hmm. Also an access ticket for the information and the education, right? I don't want you all to miss that NFTs are not just what you see visually, right? There is the capacity for them to be so much more. So yeah. I want you to, to go into this, Dr. Clips, for a bit because what I'm seeing in just in the market is that people are trying to find their footing, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in people of color. They're figuring out like, should I I invest in NFTs and just like get it and hold it? Should I buy an NFT and like flip it? Right. Or should I actually do and start my own NFT project? <laughs> Talk to us about the three different invest or just buy it and flip it. Right. Or right. to start their own. What should people be thinking about in order to get to that decision? Okay. And before I jump on that question, let me piggyback off when you were um, saying what the NFT actually is. Because, you know, people think of their pictures. So an NFT or non-fungible token is a token, right? And what a token is, is something that represents something. So if I gave you this cell phone, it was like, this is a token of my appreciation. The cell phone represents my appreciation, right? Right. So an NFT is just a token that represents an asset that isn't fungible. Now, what is fungibility? What is non-fungible? What is fungible? Something that's fungible would be something like a dollar currency, something that I can exchange for an equal value. So if I gave you $1, you gave me a dollar back, we can exchange that. It's fungible. And something that's non-fungible is something that's unique. So if I wanted to trade my cell phone for your cell phone, you would be like, these aren't the same phones. You know, even if it was the same (laughs) model, even if it was the same model, there would still be text messages, contacts, you know, different things because it's a unique device. So this makes it 
not equal to any other, you know, asset. So that's what makes it non-fungible, the fact that it's a unique asset, right? So an NFT is just a token that represents something that's non-fungible, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot so, of sense. So yeah, so NFT literally ties ownership to an asset, like a deed ties ownership to a house or a pink slip ties ownership to a car or a certificate of authentication ties ownership to a Rolex. You know, uh, the NFT is okay. literally a unit of data that ties ownership to whichever digital asset it's representing. And not just digital asset, because there are people doing it with physical assets and whatnot. So to your question, where should you start when you're trying to get your foot footing in the NFT space? So I made a checklist on my TikTok, no, on Twitter. And I was like, what are the things that you should do to, to consider yourself not a rookie anymore in the space and i think it was something along the lines of uh, buy an nft no join the community add value to the community buy an nft sell the nft make your own nft sell that and like just like it's, i'm gonna send it to you so you could probably you know reference it in the video and whatnot but okay i think that where everyone should start is literally understanding what crypto is for one because you need to get the cryptocurrency to buy the nft and also understand the, the tools associated with it. So how do you use the different tools? And once you understand those two things, it's kind of preference driven. So you can get into starting your own project. It's not going to be as easy to sell unless you have pre-existing connections within the community, which is why I always suggest aping into a community first so that you can get a relationship or develop relationships with people that are in the space. So my first piece of advice I would say is, you know, join a community, go find the community that you're interested in, though, like uh, a community that you're interested in. The H3D project was very visual. Like I said, I'm a visual person. So when you had augmented reality, 3D and all of these different very variations within the project or variables, it, it was attractive to me. You have people who are in the music, you know, their music NFT projects. You have people that are into, you know, sports. There are sports NFT projects. So my first advice would be to get into a community just so you can learn the ecosystem and the culture of what's going on. But make it in a community that is tied to what you are personally interested in. And that's the beauty of the blockchain technology. Blockchain technology doesn't do nothing but facilitate ownership, meaning that any industry can adopt this technology. So that means that you don't have to be, you know, a tech nerd or somebody just watching charts all day to get into NFTs like you would have to be to get into crypto because crypto doesn't have any visual, nothing like none of that really associated with it. It's just kind of charts. When you're dealing with NFTs, now you're dealing with assets, music, videos, things that people can relate to and tie themselves to and be more attracted. No, I'm going to say attracted to more attached to in a sense. So join an NFT community that fits your narrative, that fits your, your hobbies. You feel me? Meet some of the people that's actually trading. They're going to introduce you to some other projects in the same category that you may venture off into. And they're also going to introduce you to some people that can probably wind up helping you get your project off the ground, et cetera, when you want to actually do that. So get into a community, buy an asset. I, I don't suggest, like I'm, I flip NFTs, don't get me wrong, but that's not my MO. If I feel like I feel like if you're going to flip tokens, you might as well flip fungible tokens like cryptocurrency because that's liquid. Anytime I want to sell any of my crypto, I can sell it like that for NFT. Since it's unique, if I want to liquidate it, someone has to buy it, you know, so that makes it complete like that changes the landscape, you know, completely about the situation. So when I do my 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 not Wall Street, now, you know, Wall Street, when I do my <laughs> trading, <laughs> I do it all through, you know, fungible tokens for the most part because I can liquidate it instantly. 
But for NFTs, I recommend just buying something that you like first and foremost, and then just seeing what you can do with it. And that's going to kind of unlock the, the Pandora's box and start taking you down that rabbit hole of NFTs can be used for this, 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 this. And then you can make more calculated decisions yeah. on what you want to do as far as your journey. I think that's a great point that you're making with this idea, even just comparing the crypto piece of terms of flipping to the NFT piece. I think that's a great analogy. And I don't want us to, to move over that too fast because to your point, when you want to sell an NFT, right? I hope that y'all don't miss that. Like when you want to sell an NFT, you have to wait for somebody to buy it versus if you want to sell something um, like crypto, or even if you decide to do stocks or whatever the case may be, fungible pieces, right? It can happen immediately. It's a very, different cadence and i don't want you yeah. all to miss what he said because yeah. that's that's really powerful um the other thing i think is really cool that you're mentioning and i've experienced this too <laughs> is that you have to just start right getting in the community <clears throat> finding a project that you like I'm going to go ahead and brag. I am NFT teacher holder, <laughs> right? So Dr. Clips dropped his project. I said, you know what? I read about it to his point. I looked at the white paper on his particular website, excuse me, on his particular website and mm -hmm. read about his project and really got interested, not just because I love the fact that he's doing this, but I also love education, right? I love the mm -hmm. idea that I could have a wearable. I have a Decentraland account. It's already on my avatar, <laughs> right? So all of this was exciting to me. My point is that y'all definitely, like he said, you have to find something that's exciting to you so that you can really be able to be engaged with it. And so, right. um, yeah, it's kudos to you. I do have to put that out there that I do hold <laughs> One of his 100, I am a freshman. I think it's the freshman class, right? Yeah, the, the first class. class yeah. First class holder. Going to put that out there of one of the NFT yep. jackets. Nah, definitely. And we got the rarities coming soon, soon. So your jacket actually, 40 jackets are going to stay the same, but the rest of them are going to upgrade. So they're going to turn to like different colors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So yeah, and that's happening pretty soon before I drop the next ones, which are going to be backpacks. So there's 100 jackets, then I'm going to have 300 backpacks and then probably do like some cardigan sweaters, some shoes. You know, I have 5,000 tokens total. So, yeah. So 5,000 in a teacher tokens total. 100 is going to be jackets. Those are the most scarce. And then I'm going to basically create an artificial scarcity model to drive the, the value and a resale without attracting bots to kind of buy up all of them when I first drop. You know, I want people to actually use it, which based off the, the holders, we have like 97 holders and 100 items. You know, it's like a one of one ratio, which is like crazy for NFT projects. Ape Father told me that if you have 30% of your people using your NFTs, then you won. At this point, we got like 80, 90% of the people actually using it. Yo, shout out to Ape Father. Can we get Ape Father on the podcast? Just, you know, <laughs> he may not show to. his face, but can we get just like a, a placeholder? I'm going to ask him. Yeah, I'm definitely going to yeah, ask him. See if Ape Holder will let us ask him some questions. <laughs> he's right. the OG. Obviously, yeah, um, listen, we got a, we got like 10 more minutes left, Dr. Clips. I want to go just one more place with all of mm -hmm. this. And I want to talk about the future, right? You've given mm -hmm. us some real good things to think about. One of the things that I'm really passionate about with our platform is really being able to help people make it to the metaverse, right? Help people make it to the metaverse, help people mint mm -hmm. their first NFT and or start their first NFT project and just give them the encouragement to do it. But some people, right, need to really wrap their mind around the future of this. 
future pace us, Dr. Clips, right? Help us yeah. understand <laughs> what is this really going to look like in 2030 from your perspective? If we could give you uh, just another couple minutes to predict the future, tell us what you're seeing from your lens um, and why this is so important to pay attention to right now, especially for people of color. So what I'm seeing in my lens in 2030, it's probably really the emergence of a new realm, you know, and I'm going to get kind of deep real quick. So, you know, as humans, we live in like duality. So, you know, yes and no, light and dark, et cetera. We, we dwell in two different realms. We have the physical realm, physical plane that, you know, we exist in in our waking life. And then there's the astral realm that we exist in when we're asleep, right? So that's like a dual, I would say, uh, how can I put this like, a dual, how did I put it? A, 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 a bi-round, like it's basically, we only we only inhabit two different realms at this point. And it's kind of structuring how we view duality as a whole. We live in like a duality-based situation. Now with the emergence of the metaverse, it's, it's adding another realm into it. So instead of just the physical and the astral realm, now we have the digital realm, which is kind of like the, uh, a mix between the two. And there's been a lot of technology showing how this virtual reality stuff is, is enhancing our astral experiences when we're sleeping and stuff like that. So like more lucid dreaming or, you know, all this type of stuff. So we're, the metaverse is going to be, in my opinion, a new realm where there's economy, you know, there's interaction, communication, um, t- buildings, you know, literally full immersion. And it's going to, I don't know if you ever saw Ready Player One, but essentially in that kind of light to where now we're going to have the digital realm, the astral realm, the physical realm. And the digital realm is gonna be if it's, it's, it's gonna be like 2030. The the realism is gonna be crazy, you know, as far as the actual authenticity and uh, how authentic it feels to engage inside of this metaverse. You know, the graph is gonna be crazy. Ecosystem is gonna be built. Jobs gonna be you know happening. It's just gonna be a full ecosystem because you like like I was saying earlier with the sensors, we only can sense things with five senses. You know, unless you count the sixth one. You know, five senses touch hair and sight, smell, taste. With the metaverse, once you take off three of the five senses, that's going to, in a sense, I ain't going to say trick our brain, but it's going to make us feel almost as immersed as we do like in our dreams. Because, you know, in your dreams, you can't taste or smell, but you have dreams where you wake up and you're like, I could have sworn that happened in real life. Insane. I took that headset off the other day and I know what happened to me. Where are we? <laughs> nah, for real. Wait, where am I? Like in, in the dreams, I, and when you use it over time, you're going to start picking up like your the vividness of your dreams, you know, and I'm going to send you some studies that actually were conducted that showed that lucid dreaming is enhanced through virtual reality use. And, you know, that's given us a whole understanding of our consciousness in a different level. So from the metaverse, I feel like it's going to shift humanity's consciousness in a sense like to a a whole another degree based off the fact that we're interacting with each other. We're communicating with people who we may see as different through traditional propaganda and stuff, you know, actually developing real relationships. The guy who developed my smart contract, Cypher, 30, probably like 35 year old white dude. I probably never would have came across or never would have spoken to never, you know, you know, but me and him have made thousands of dollars together. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's going to be a situation where humanity sees a, a consciousness shift where we're more one in a sense, because that's what the Internet is doing. Right. It's breaking down the boundaries, breaking down the communication barriers. Crypto is breaking down the financial barriers. You know, it's so many things that are, you know, basically 
com- combining us as a human as a human race. And I feel like with that is the the elephant in the room that people don't really understand with the metaverse. They think it's just some new technology that's just coming in, but it's con- it's connecting us in ways that we've never been before, allowing us to build in ways that we've never built before, and our consciousness is just going to shift. I feel like humanity is just going to evolve from the whole concept. I, I can't I can't agree more. When I tell you you're spot on, especially with the whole piece of lucid dreaming and just enhancing our understanding and enhancing our experiences, even outside of the virtual reality space. Yeah. I think that's the part that makes it so powerful, right? Um, I, I do want you to even talk a little bit just for a second, mm-hmm. right? We both went to HBCUs. We're both Greek. Like I, I do really want to highlight, especially since our platform here is Black and Meta, understanding and really giving slight some narrative to people of color of understanding that, hey, there's a what one of my good colleagues is calling a meta divide that's going to happen, mm-hmm. that if people of color don't figure this out or just understand the knowledge, just the simple tools of having a MetaMask yeah. wallet right yeah. on your phone. <laughs> like, talk to me a little bit or, or I would say this, give a little bit of insight and or advice that you could give specifically to our community um, yeah. to just push them to move forward in this space. So what I always say is, you know, get your reparations in crypto, you know, get your 40 acres in a metaverse. And, and I say that to say that this is decentralized, so it's not controlled by any centralized authority, meaning that you have the opportunity to leverage and, in a sense, reverse years of, of you know, financial attacks, you know, um, communication and growth. You know, you have a chance to reverse that. And Black people, in a sense, need to get over the knowledge gap because it's definitely a big knowledge gap. And if we don't, we're going to find ourselves in a in, in a sense, in the same situation that we're in right now. And it's going to be because we chose not to engage or just experiment or learn. And you don't need a lot of money to get into it. You don't need a lot of money. All you need is an Internet connection to research. You know, the central line, you get on there for free. You know, a lot of NFTs are free. Like NFT doesn't mean expensive. You know, there are NFTs that are super affordable on different chains. And it's just important for us as a people to get into this and start researching and start engaging and just taking advantage of the fact that it's decentralized, taking advantage of the fact that you don't got to, you know, put your skin out there. You know, I did it. You feel me? Because that's just, you know, I'm a journalist and that's what I do. But I know a lot of people who are black, you know, they'll go use a, a cat profile picture or something and they'll find that they're getting way more yeses than they did when, you know, it was a, it was just a black thing. So definitely take advantage of the decentralization. Take advantage of what it of the the freedom that comes with empowering yourself with the knowledge and the wisdom of what's coming forward. Cause you want to have that first movers advantage. You don't want to be late to the party and now you paying a premium on everything just because you late. Listen, black people will pay it. Unfortunately, that's how they go. <laughs> yeah. We spend the most. We spend the most Wait, I, I need you to say something that you just said one more time. Cause I literally got chills when you said this and I need you to make sure you say it louder so I can have it clear on the recording. You said it. <laughs> Get your 40 acres in a mule in crypto and in the metaverse. Is that what you said? Yeah. So so what I said was, I would say, get your reparations in crypto and get your 40 acres in a metaverse. So that means, you know, if you study crypto, if you you leverage it, you can get them the money that we'd be asking the government to give us, you know, just by understanding cryptocurrency and engaging in the ecosystem. And as far as getting your 40 acres in metaverse, find a metaverse platform and get some land. Because imagine if Instagram only was selling 100,000 Instagram pages, right? 
And if you didn't have one, you had to pay somebody to, to promote your stuff on their page. That's essentially what these 3D metaverse platforms with this uh, this finite land, you know, Decentraland only has 90,000 parcels. So it's only so many parcels, you know, that you can get. So make sure that you acquire so that you can leverage and monetize going forward as these platforms evolve and grow. Ah, so good. So good. <laughs> like literally I could drop the mic there. Um, final question. And I'm gonna let you go. Cause this has mm-hmm. been so good to me. So rich to me. So blessed, such a blessing. Um, I want you to just give us any last words, but I want you to start here. What is something that you either wish you would have known, mm-hmm. right? We could take Dr. Cliff's back, right? I think you said <laughs> first TikTok, right? right. You the, the, the got the inside of the casino and did all this stuff, whether right. it's then or whether it's even further or somewhere in between. What do you wish you would have known um, and or wish you would have done differently? Anything? anything? Um, yeah, yeah. And the, what I would have wished I would have done differently, probably going to be a little complicated for the basic person to understand, but uh, using layer two solutions the correct way. So Ethereum is super expensive. This um, blockchain called Polygon was created as a scaling solution for Ethereum. The gas fees, most of the time that I spent money in the central land, I could have avoided spending like a 50 to a hundred dollars per transaction. If I would have did just something differently that I learned like two weeks ago or something like that. So I'm actually going to be making a video about that soon for the students. You're going to be able to check that out, but it's literally just understanding how layer two solutions work. Cause I would have saved myself at least $5,000 in gas fees. If I would have just known that. Yeah. And it's knowledge, you know, the knowledge, knowledge. if you don't get it, you're going to pay, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you have given us tons of knowledge today, Dr. Cliffs. I am so, so appreciative of you, yeah, yeah. your time, your knowledge, um, and just for spending some time with me and my community here at Black and Meta. So listen, any last words that you have, uh, of course, I want you to plug your projects. I want you to plug, whether it be mm-hmm. Jam Around or NF Teacher, what's coming up next, plug yeah. all of that. We'll be sure to put the links down in the description. But for now, give us any last words and be sure to plug everything that you want us to know. Yeah. So last words is, you know, just expand your mind, you know, explore the opportunities. Dr. Clips, you check me out on TikTok, Dr. Clips, Instagram, YouTube. We have the NF Teacher Metaverse Academy. If you want to learn that, we drop on our Gen 2s probably in like the next week or so, two weeks after we drop these rarities for these jackets. Um yeah, jam around. That's coming soon. Music platform. I'm, that's a whole another interview for another because it's just <laughs> so much going on with that. But He's yeah, a genius, we, y'all. Yeah, He's got we gotta, so much going on. <laughs> I need to slow down. I actually capped out on my projects, but yeah, just in final words, y'all. Just you know, expand and explore. Don't let the limitations of you know society dictate what's what's possible in your life. You know. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. Listen, you've heard it here first at Dr. Clips on Instagram, on TikTok, all of the places, all of the platforms. Next time we get you on here, we're going to have to have you share your screen so we can see oh, how yeah, you work thanks. in Decentraland. Nah, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I'm excited to see all of that and also to um, really be able to have possibly a part two where you can talk us through the different uses of smart contracts and how yeah. do we be able to understand this stuff. Uh, we'll get you in for a masterclass. This is for people who are serious. We're going to get Dr. Right. back here and y'all going to have to pay him an ETH so y'all can learn um, about all of the things that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, um, we good. So appreciate you, fam. 